Our love is so very often conditional, isn't it? Many have a love based on feelings and emotions well, that can change from one moment to the next. But God's love doesn't work that way. You see, the Bible tells us that God is love, and He also demonstrates His love toward us through His Son. It's what we celebrate at Christmas. Today, on The Road to Reality, we'll open the Word and uncover what God's love is all about and how to respond to it. Brother K.P. Yohannan will take us to Romans chapter 5, verse 8, which is a great place to start for a study of God's love. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When Jesus died on the cross and the incredible agony, the pain that he suffered and shedding his blood. It was a public demonstration of the Father's love for me and for you and for the whole world. So it is said in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16, that famous verse, for God so loved the world, he can say loved me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believe in him will not perish. They will not have to go to hell forever and ever to suffer. But they may have everlasting life. What a beautiful statement. When we come to the Lord's table, more than anything else, this kind of becomes a transport for us to travel back in time some 2,000 years and stand by the hillside and watch this historical event. The mob, the soldiers, the priests, the leaders, the politicians, but then in their midst, the eternal Son of God, God in flesh, the Lamb of God, you watch him, you see his face. If only you could have one glimpse of his face and his eyes, it will say to you, it's all because of love, no other reason. The nails in your hands, the nails in your feet, they tell me how much you love me. The thorns on your brow, they tell me how you bore so much shame to love me. And when the heavens pass away, all your scars will remain. And forever, they will say how much you love me. So I want to say, forever my love, forever my heart, Forever, my life is yours. When you consider the rich man that went to hell, having lived with all the riches and luxury during his life on earth, and then he ended up in flames. It's not a story. It's not a parable. It's a historical event. Event, it's really happened. 
The name is mentioned, the Lazarus. The rich man's name is not mentioned, for he represents the nameless multiplied millions, those who refuse to understand the Father's love. And after all the pleadings, all he could do was, please let someone go and tell my brothers that they will not come here. And I suppose in my imagination, he will now be crying out for how many centuries and for how many millions of years more, never to end the cry. All I ask is, let me die. That's all I want. But the answer comes again and again and again. You will never die. You will never die. If only we can understand the seriousness of sin and the consequence, we realize Christ's death on the cross was not just someone dying as a criminal. No, it demonstrated the awfulness of sin and God's wrath. And then, how come, how can, why that God would love me and you so much that he would allow his son to die for us? Frederick Lehman wrote these words long ago. The love of God is greater far than tongues or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win his erring child he reconciled and pardoned from sin. Oh, the love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall for more ever endure the saints and angels' song. Listen to these amazing words. Could we, we think the ocean fill and where the skies of parchment made, where every stock on earth equal, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. If the entire sky becomes a piece of paper, and every man a scribe, someone who writes. The entire ocean made of ink. And then the ocean can dry, but you never can write enough to explain the love of God. One man subjectively so moved about this love that he experienced that he wrote these amazing words in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. If you want to turn your Bibles to that verse, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul the Apostle write these words. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live 
but the faith in the Son of God, notice those words now, who loved me and gave himself for me. Can you say that? You can. But would you say that thinking deep about it? He loved me and gave himself for me. Who is this man? From one of the richest family, his father was not an ordinary individual, but truly rich. Fabulously rich. And he himself acquired the highest education of the day. Not a reprobate, but a righteous man according to the law. At the same time, he was the enemy of Christ and his followers. You read his story in the book of Acts, how he went about persecuting the followers of Christ and seeking to imprison them and beat them up and kill them. That was his assignment. And he believed by doing so, he was serving God totally in the dark. Misunderstands the whole thing. And now on the way to kill Christians, Christ encounters him. He fell from the horse. This bright light blinds him. His colleagues can't figure out what is going on. But finally, he asked, who are you, Lord? Who are you? The answer, I am Jesus, the one you persecute. Now, you know the rest of the story. Later, he writes about himself, paraphrasing his own testimony. He said, I can't imagine that God would love me the least and the last, the chief of sinners, that he would come after me, the enemy going after to kill him and his followers and, and against his entire kingdom. And he loved me and gave himself for me. No longer I hold my life to myself. I have given my life for his life. It's no more I that live. It's the exchange that is made when you realize, when you understand, when it gets hold of you all of a sudden. Wow, he died for me. It is not a myth, it is reality. Well, Brother K.P. Yohannan underscoring the reality of God's incredible love here on the road to reality. We'll get back to K.P. in just a moment. We'd like to tell you about one way that you can extend God's love to a family in Asia this Christmas. Maybe, like many, you're busy shopping right now, looking for that perfect gift for a loved one. Would you prayerfully consider adding a gift or two to that list of yours? I should add, it's a gift that has the power to change a life forever. Through GFA's Christmas Critter Campaign, families are being rescued from poverty and experiencing the love of Christ. Every year we receive wonderful reports of lives being impacted, communities transformed through God's love, 
and it's made possible through the generosity of listeners just like you. On our website, we offer a number of gift ideas, gifts like a bicycle, a sewing machine, a pull cart, Bibles. Select a gift or two today at roadtoreality.org. That's roadtoreality.org. Or give us a call, 866-946-2742. That's 866-946-2742. If you're living in Canada, you can go to roadtoreality.ca or call 888-946-2742. Well, let's get back to today's message, shall we? On the love of God. Once again, here's KP. I recommend, as I have done many times, sit alone sometime. Be alone. Not that you will not want friends, but for time, for a day, a half a day, give up your friends and, and your wife, your children, your husband, who are just walk away for a few hours, sit alone and ask with all honesty, oh, Holy Spirit, reveal my Lord and reveal him to me. Let me understand him. And that's what happened to Paul. For a lot of people, coming to the Lord's table has a lot of strange meanings and ideas. But as we travel back in time, all we can hear that night, Jesus sits to his disciples and simply says, Love one another as I have loved you. This body that is broken because of love, this blood of mine is spilled out because of love. And remember me. Don't forget me. When you read the New Testament, we read the names of so many people that experienced this love of Jesus. And there are some nameless people also. When we read the Gospel of John chapter 8, we read about that nameless woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And the religious crowd now want a judgment from Christ. She has no defense. She failed. She sinned. According to the law, there's no negotiation here. There's no excuse. She must be stoned to death. We read some of these incidents in the scripture and it never really touches us deep unless you put yourself in her shoes and then come to the end of the story and say, oh my. When no one, nothing could save me and help me, love and grace reached me. Reading the story one night, as a matter of fact, just a couple of months ago, it was late, late into the night, maybe one or two in the morning. And I thought, I'd like to write this story and paraphrase it so I can better understand it. I imagined myself to be one of those people watching this whole 
event transpiring right in front of my eyes. And maybe part of this I will read for you that kind of help you understand what love is all about. The sun was up, casting purple shadows among the mighty trees in the open space. A large crowd gathered around Jesus even at that hour to hear him teach. Suddenly the silence was broken, surge of angry men rushing toward Christ, a pack of bloodthirsty wolves, the scribes and the Pharisees. They did not come alone. In their midst was the nameless woman, a wounded lamb, being dragged and pulled by strong muscled men whose faces and hearts were made of stone. They spat on her, cursed her, called her names. She cried out with pain. She struggled to get free from their iron grip, but what use? Where could she run to? Who would give her shelter? Finally, she gives up. They shoved her at Jesus' feet. There she lay in a huddled heap, trembling with fear, sobbing bitterly, head bowed in shame. Her dust-filled hair fell on her face, body bruised from being dragged across the cobble streets. Her dress was torn and stained with blood and dust. The irreligious, self-righteous crowd spewed out their accusations at Jesus. Their words were cruel and sharp. They had no mercy. They spoke for God. They believed. They did not know they were talking to God. There was Christ surrounded by this angry mob. I could not help but see his pain-filled face, his eyes with an infinite sadness. He raised his head. Their shouting suddenly ceased. His head, he heard their demand. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. Our Lord demands that she must be stoned to death. And it must be done now. What do you say? I wondered, if they caught her in the act of adultery, surely she could, not have, she could not have done it alone. Where is the man? Where is he to share in her shame? And I said to myself, it is not fair. Jesus did not answer them. He stooped down slowly and deliberately begins to scribble in the dust with his index finger. The very finger that once etched the law on the tablets of stone. Then Christ looked in the face of these men, a piercing look, and said, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. He continued writing in the dust. What was he writing? I couldn't see, but suddenly I heard the thud of stones after stone falling on the ground. One by one, they turned around, quietly hurrying away, running to hide themselves from the bright light that had exposed their sins. The crowd disappeared. The wolves were gone. No one stoned her. I went closer to see her face. I will never forget the look on her face, eyes so distant, so blank, no defiance left in her. It was obvious she had given up. 
Her shoulders slumped forward. Her face looked all deep lines of pain etched upon it. She was not humiliated by this experience. She was beyond humiliation. The stillness was broken only by her sobbing. Christ stretched out his arms, helped her to stand up from her heap of ashes. Her head still hung down, weeping as she covered her face with her dirty hands. Then, with eyes full of grace and love, he said to her, Woman, where are those your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She whispered, No one, Lord. No one, Lord. He did not ask her any more questions. He did not ask her about her past, her sins, her failures, nothing. He did not ask her for any explanations. If only the stones could speak, how many stories they will say about the men that held them in their tight grip. If anyone could have asked should have asked. It was he about her past, but he wouldn't. For her sins were against him and no one else. But he was silent. He understood her heart. Then he said to her, neither do I condemn you. Her face lit up. The sun rose on her face. The wrinkles on her face suddenly disappeared. Her eyes no longer dull and colorless. Her eyes no longer dull and colorless. Seems to flash in the morning sun. She looked into his eyes. Trying to take him all in. Trying to understand the strange man who acted like no man she had ever met. A wonderful picture of God's love, huh? And that is the same love that he offers so graciously to you and I. Well, this is The Road to Reality with K.P. Yohannet. And you can hear more biblical encouragement when you stop by roadtoreality.org. Not long ago, we also started a podcast which encourages people to seek a deeper walk with Christ and to live wholly centered on him. You can listen to The Road to Reality on Spotify, Apple, or Google, as well as many other platforms. Well, how often have we given a gift at Christmas and later found out the gift was never even used or really appreciated for that matter? Now, we would like to share with you an opportunity to give a gift that is truly meaningful. Uh, we can promise you it will get used to the glory of God and for the benefit of others. It can actually transform a life, impact an entire community in Asia. Through GFA's Critter campaign, poor and needy families are given life-changing gifts, like a farm animal, a motorcycle or sewing machine to actually make a living off of. And the greatest part is, when these gifts are hand-delivered, they'll also hear about God's love for them. To give a gift like this today, simply go online, roadtoreality.org. That web address again is roadtoreality.org. You can also use our toll-free phone number, 
866-946-2742. Again, 866-946-2742. If you're in Canada, the number is 888-946-2742. Or visit us online from Canada, roadtoreality.ca. We'll come back next week on The Road to Reality with K.P. Yohannan. We'll give you a better idea of what's taking place through GFA's Critter Campaign.